the yeah the one thing i know sometimes I, i'm like oh like i rip like you rip off too much other people's stuff like lombardi i'm always mentioning lombardi and lombardi right. talks about the sopranos all the time and i'm well i'm not gonna be able to stop now of course because now we're watching the sopranos and it's like all of these great references coming back and <clears throat> one thing that's interesting i find now is the last time i watched the sopranos i was in my mid-20s and like we were right around like 20 when the show came out right so now you're watching it as an adult like now you are older than tony and carmella yeah it's definitely a different experience i rewatched it a couple of years ago i think i told you yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. just interesting because it's like I almost find myself caring. Like when I'm 20, it's a mob movie. Right. Like I yeah. want to watch the mob you stuff. Somebody it's get good whacked. fellas. Yeah. Now it's almost like I still enjoy all that, but I want to see the, what's going on at home. You like the family the drama. Dr. Melfi stuff. It's all is different. Just, you see it with like a different <clears throat> set of eyes. Yeah, yeah really you really do. It's, yeah. it's just interesting how like that's another aspect of making something rewatchable is kind of just watching it from a different viewpoint almost. And yeah. yeah. I guess that's just part of being being an old fuck. <laughs> yeah, maybe part of growing up. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, don't, sure, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so here we are, like, what is it? A minute in, already dropped an F. As we lost all, lost our clean rating already. <laughs> maybe maybe it's right. gonna be a different season this year. Yeah, we're done. We're done already. Alright. So here we are. Here's the nice thing. I don't doubt we're playing football this year. Like, right, exactly. Like, yeah. This this train is gonna go. Yeah. Like there's the, no stopping the, it. There's I don't I don't really foresee anything. Even if something catastrophic happened, it would probably be like a one to two week pause, and then we would come back. But I think the NFL. God, I think they did a really good job handling that last year. They do, yeah, they really did. Unless, I mean, don't ask Mike Zimmer because Minnesota might not play this year because nobody's vaccinated over there and he's really pissed off about it. So, but uh, I, aside I wanna, from that. I, the one thing I, I really do want to do because everything is so divisive and all that and it's hard sometimes because you can't talk about anything without it sounding like you're taking a political stance or something. Right. So, like, let's if we ever find ourselves drifting into the weeds, let's let's make sure. Like, is this gambling related? Let's, let's nip it in the bud. Because yeah. Cause if it is, is not, this is not we're, this is not a political. No, podcast. you can go anywhere you want to go to be angry at whoever you're listening to. If you want to get mad, I give you lots of There's recommendations. A lot of places you can go. Lots this is of not that place. Where to go to get mad? Yeah. But this is supposed to. You be... You get mad at us because we're idiots. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but not for political reasons. But this is supposed to be just right now. We're just a couple of assholes. Lost, Lost in, in the, the woods. woods. <laughs> so, so what do you what do you got? Because one thing that surprised me when I went to your house for dinner last week is that you're all in. Like usually it's like oh, I got nothing. I didn't look at anything this week. I'm all in. It was pre-August, so I'm on my sabbatical, right? I won't look at anything football. So yeah. I'm like I don't know anything, and you're like, oh, I'm ready. So what are you ready with? So he- here's what happened. So much like with you rewatching The Sopranos and seeing it with different eyes. Um, so I had this book fall into my lap this year. I came across it. Um, it's called, uh, it's by Pat Kerwin, who's been in the league forever as an executive and does all sorts of things. It's called Take Your Eye Off the Ball. 
And he originally wrote the book, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And then about five, six, seven years ago, like 2014, 2015, somewhere in there, he redid it and reissued it with updated like information called Take Your Eye Off the Ball 2.0. And I came across this book and I got it. And I was on vacation with the family. Um, and so I had some downtime. I crack open this book. And for the first time, I am seeing football in a whole new light. Which is, it's like, it's opened my eyes to something that I haven't, I've been watching this game for 40 plus years now. And like, this is like, oh my God, this is, this is different. So what I want to do this year, what I really want to focus on, we've always said we're not X's and O's kind of guys, but I read this book. I kind of want to be like, I want to be a better student of the game, um, it's so it's just so interesting and he goes into a million different things about it and it's basically how to get more out of watching football and what goes into it year round and what does it take to be a good quarterback and what are they looking at in different situations you know basic things like cuz you and I we never played you know we never played organized football growing up um, so Couldn't we, get mom to sign that permission. Exactly. So. Yeah, it was all soccer and baseball, you know, because they were the safe sports. Right, um, those were too dangerous yeah, for you. House. You lived in a bubble, so yeah, that was yeah, that was too dangerous for you. But but so so I never knew, you know, the 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 differences in a lot of this stuff. But he, I mean, he goes into such depth about you know why uh, sometime a like a like a, a new OC or a new head coach will come into a team and they'll be like, well, I'm put my stamp on it and we're going to play a three, four and why it completely falls apart. Cause you just don't have the personnel to do that mm. and explains why and explains why the, the formation, like, like why, um, these dual threat hybrid tight ends are becoming so like just game changing in the league. And, like and, Tim Tebow. Oh, <laughs> continue. Not like Tim Tebow. <laughs> and it just, it, it was just so interesting to look at it from a, like pretty much like you said with the Sopranos, to look at it from a different perspective. So like I'm still want to watch football because I want to see 22 guys just run into each other. But at the same time, now I want to look at what are they looking at pre-snap? What does the coverage look like? What kind of you know what kind of personnel groupings are out there? How does that play in? Will it make gambling any? Will I pick up a few things here and there on matchups? Maybe. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, that's one of the things definitely I'm really interested in seeing. But I really just I want to I want to kind of study the game, and I, I'm not going to learn everything in a year. I know that, but maybe pick a few aspects of the game to really focus on, um, and see if I can really understand what it is that's going on, and 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 pick up a few things. So that's kind of what I'm excited about this year. You've got one thing that I have kind of been dealing with lately is when. So football season ends, it's February, and then I'm like, I'm out. Right? I think we're both the same way. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. I got to be out. And then I get excited because then, you know, I'm a nerd. I like to read a lot, and I get into all, like, it. Op- so much time is open to me to listen to various podcasts. And I find now that I'm older, like, one thing I'm mad about from being a punk kid as a teenager was just like, I didn't have the capacity to really learn stuff. And if you learn just a little bit, it'll pique your interest. Exactly. But I wouldn't even like crack that door open. So I get 
all over. I decide the first thing I wanted, I go, I want to study something that's going to be beneficial to me in the game of life. So I'm like, I need to learn about finance. Like, I need to learn about retirements. I need to learn how the stock market works. And so I'm just reading book after book after book, listening to all these podcasts, learning about different economists. And I mean, I'm all over the place, right? I'm like, you know, from Friedman, like to to Marx. I mean, like, I, you know, I I want everything. I want it all. I'm learning, learning, learning. And then I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to move on to something else because I don't want to spend all my time on this. So I'm moving on. Then I'm get. I write out, like, I do this every once in a while where I write out a list of books I want to read. Because I'll listen to podcasts, they'll mention something, I sure. jot yeah, it yeah, down. Yeah. And my list was, like, all over the place. You know what I mean? It's like I've got, of course, I love American history, so there's a lot of that. I mean, I've got these books about astrophysics and stuff, which I have no no business. No business being involved in. <coughs> I still don't have that capacity. But I'm like, you know... You can keep dabbling, and I'm all right. I'm a bit of a dabbler, you know. I, I like uh, a great former radio legend Jim Phillips used to say, "I know a little bit about a lot," and I'm good with that. Yeah. But I said, if you really want to learn, like I learned a ton about economics and the stock market because my focus was simplified and it was narrowed, and I go. That's sort of what you have to do. Like, all the time with football, I sort of have this criteria. I have my power ratings, and it's based on my coaching culture grade. It's based on my quarterbacks. It's based on the offensive line. And then there's a little piece of defense. And then I find last year, we talked about this a lot, where it's like, man, I'm finding my... I'm getting pretty good for, yeah. at least for an amateur yeah at these numbers and these ratings so the first thing i do is say okay well let me expand out now let me take on this 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 Uh-oh. and i said no 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 no. take these things you know really well and simplify your focus this year so what i did at the end of last year is i did this big microsoft excel spreadsheet you'd be proud you of did? me i said wow. well, you know, britney's been helping me okay but All i right. was able to set this one up on my own and everything I'm proud of you it didn't have any formulas in or anything it was all just plugging stuff on the graph but either way if you said it had formulas i know you're bullshitting me. i set up all of my power ratings as the league stood okay and i said so this way when you get into next season and it's time to grade the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't need to dig into my Andy Reid and the staff's the same and Patrick Mahomes. You just have to see what's changed. You just see what's changed. And it's like, okay, they lost a couple linemen, but, but they picked up these guys. Yeah. And now instead of starting from scratch, I can just add these little things. And that will give me more time in the offseason not to do a hundred other things but really focus on what's important. And as I become a curmudgeon old man, really curmudgeon. Yeah, you are. It's yeah. it's bad. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I think I think I've sort of always been like this. Yes. You know, well, another thing I've noticed from Sopranos is I'm watching Tony and his anger and I'm like you know, I'm not a mafioso, obviously, but 
God, I kind of relate to him and his anger and his outbursts. And I'm like, shit. Like, I, I got to do something about this. I got to get, like, I got to get this under control. But part of the things that I'm curmudgeon I get angry about is I just see so much of an evaporation of culture. Like, and, and I'm not being some kind of cultural warrior type, yeah. you know, people, I think people should do whatever you want to do, all, all that stuff, do what, do what makes you happy, don't mess with other people, everything is fine, but whatever it is you're doing, take some pride in doing it. Understand that, yes, life can be all about you, but... Sometimes you're doing things that are about other people as well. Okay. And you got to pay attention to those things. And I think we always make this assumption. We've talked about this before, where every football player, when they go to practice and they go on the field, it's their Madden. You know, it's like the game of Madden. It's whatever their rating is, they're playing it 100%. And we forget, like, these are human beings too. Yeah. We, We think every team wants to win. I don't know, do they? Like, some guys are just happy getting their contract. Some owners are happy just making another kajillion dollars. Like, these are all parts of the culture in football. Yeah. And I also think in a analytics-driven era that we're in now, where nothing subjective or qualitative seems to matter. Give me the stats. Give me the stats. Give me the stats. <clears throat> I think people are missing on this stuff. Yeah. And I think okay. there's a real edge if you just sort of simplify and narrow your focus. So I really want to pay as much as I always will value quarterbacks the most, especially in my power ratings. Yep. The coach and culture grades, I got to make sure that those are as sharp as they can be. Yeah. Because I think that is re- and then you know a lot about this is a stock that I want to invest in, or this is a stock that I want to sell short. I'm betting against this right, team right, because right. that stuff doesn't change. Yeah, so, you can tell me whatever you want with the stats. The culture is the culture, and if you focus, you can sort of grasp that better. So let's let's dig into that a little bit deeper because you had mentioned you had mentioned to me this week, and we were said, "Hey, we're, we're, what we're going to kick off with," and you had said you're focusing on culture and culture. So. Let me pick your brain a little bit then. So I think we have, what is it, seven new head coaches in the league this year. Okay, I'll take um, your word for it. And about, oh, it, it's close. I had the number exactly somewhere. It's about 26 new offensive or defensive coordinators okay. on teams, which is about half, right? Each team has two. The certainty teams are 64. Getting close to half the coordinators close are turnover. Close to it, close to it. Um, so... I made a couple notes here about not, you know, obviously when you talk culture, you talk about a, you know, a country's culture. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's ethnicity, it's, it's music, it's, you know, uh, history, it's all those kinds of things. But when we're talking about football culture, um, tell me a little more about how you evaluate, like what specifically are you looking for? Okay. Well, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. No, no, this is good. Um, first of all, you have to keep in mind, not every one of these owners wants to win the Super Bowl. A lot of these guys are running a business and that's all they're interested in doing. You wonder sometimes, why didn't this team go for this player in free agency? Well, because they didn't want to spend the money on them, you know, and not every player 
really a, a lot of players it's about my brand and you know and right. a, as much as i i take all of the the concussion protocol and all seriously dude you signed up to run into a wall for a living if you're thinking like i'm going to play nfl for two or three years and then voluntarily step out i got a question a little bit like are you really dedicated to what it takes because the last thing you want to do, like if you're a, a boxer and you're not in, in it, like you can get killed. Yeah. So these are just like a couple basic things. And you can just sort of see by watching the programs, I think there's a little bit of the that old nostalgia that we hold so close for like the Vince Lombardi's and the teams that were winning is everything. And yeah. I, I think you can see a lot of that in teams. And I think you can also see a little bit of teams going through the motions. But you can look at certain things, like you said, turnover in the coaching. Yeah. Right? Is there stability? You know, you go to any business that you work for. If you're getting new Rolodex every month, a Rolodex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I date yourself with that one. It's like if you're getting a new list of employees and you don't know who half the people are all the time, that's telling you a little bit something about the company you're working for. Like, is, is there something that's repeating? Can you look at a team and say... I know this team's identity. This is yeah. a this is a run team. This is a team that believes in defense. One of the things that I did, and, and I ne- I've never done this before, but I really liked it because we we get our football magazine, the Athlon Pro Football. Right, it's I, our Bible every I, year. It's the Bible every yeah. year. I just love it, and it has a little block for every team on their draft. Yeah, who their draft picks were. A quick review. Okay. I don't I don't watch enough college football to know who these guys are. I'll take your word on the evaluations, but it's all we shall see, right? Anyway. Right, of course, yeah. But I'll ask myself this question. What did this team need to improve on? And then I'll look at the draft. Was that addressed? Like if you've got a team that scores 50 points a game, but they can't stop anybody... And then you look at their draft, and it's cornerback, cornerback, middle linebacker, safety. It's like, okay, yeah. that tells me a lot about your culture. You know, First of all, you admit you have a weakness. You recognize what it is. Like yeah. You can't fix a problem unless you know what your problem is and that you have one. And then you addressed it the best way possible. Uh, let, let me give you a, a like key example of a bad culture. Okay. And I'll use this draft to explain it. So you've got the Cincinnati Bengals. And they've got Joe Burrow. He looks like he's a generational type of talent. Yep. At least could be a top-tier quarterback in the league. Last year, he got the absolute shit kicked out of him. Because yep. he has no offensive line. Only got to play half the season. Only got to play half the season. Got a really got bad injury. Yeah. You could have lost your next day. You saw it with your own eyes. This is not, oh man, I hope this guy stays upright. No, no. He went down and it was bad. Yep. So here you are in the draft. You're picking fifth. Around Burrow, he has two all pro, not all pro. He has two really good wide receivers. He's got Joe Mixon, who's a good running back, but he's got no offensive line. Right. You're the fifth pick, 
and the guy, uh, I always pronounce it wrong, Perry Swell, he is, nobody talks about it, but being talked about as like one of the best offensive linemen to come out of college yeah. in like a decade. Absolutely. The, the people I listen to and read because yeah. I'm really it's into that consensus. kind of stuff. Yeah. So you're picking fifth. Everyone before you went quarterback, Atlanta took that tight end. Here he is. Yep. You've got him. You have a problem. You have a great solution. And they take another wide receiver. Because we want to get Burrow's old wide receiver. Now we've got three. It's like, no, asshole. You've got none. Because Burrow's going to still be like Because Burrow's still going to get the shit kicked out. Yeah, he's going to be on his back You're not protecting your investment. Exactly. So that tells me either you know what your problem is and you don't give a shit to fix it. Or you're too or you, dumb to figure out what your problem is. Or you're too dumb to know what your problem is. Yeah. That is a strike against your culture, right? And, and that, like, culture can mean all sorts of things. How's your GM? How's your team building? What's it like inside the building? Yeah. Is it loosey-goosey or is it Belichick running the Navy SEAL program? Right. Like, as you get older you can see more and more, oh, this is going to work or this isn't going to work. It's like I used to say like with the Jets all the time. And the Jets are another example to me of a, of a bad culture football team with constant turnover. It's like they made this big splash. Oh, we're going to get Rex Ryan. He's going to be all tough. And I, what did, I don't know if you remember. What do I always say about Rex Ryan? Rex Ryan was like your fun uncle. Like, what the Jets always needed was that stern father figure. Instead, they brought in, you know, the fun uncle to just hang uh-huh. out with everybody and, yeah. and give the kids beers when dad wasn't looking. Yeah. And it was just like, that's, but I agree with you. Like, that is the sign of, like, what are you guys doing? Um, to their credit, I thought they actually had a pretty good draft this year. So we'll see if maybe they're starting to turn things around. But again, they're one of those teams that, Every couple of years, it's a new coach and a new offensive coordinator and or a, a new general manager. And it's just, you know, get your shit together. Right, because there's two reasons you have turnover in coaching. One, you do a really good job and the coordinators get jobs elsewhere. Right. Or two... Which is not the Jets issue. <laughs> you sucked and, you, and you're starting over again. Yeah. Like you're scrapping it. It's a rebuild every three years. And rebuilding it again. Yeah. But I'd rather at least be in a position like the Jets where we're doing a rebuild versus being stuck dead in the middle and thinking, oh, I can, you know, I can get a wide receiver in free agency and and I'll and that'll fix my problem. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I mean you're not really addressing your problem. So it's an it's an interesting exercise you can do is you know if you know your team or you're looking at certain teams say okay what are the weaknesses on this team and then just look at the draft just look at the positions yeah and at least tell yourself were you addressing what you needed buffalo great example very complete roster yep. what was their problem they couldn't get a pass rush on anybody first two picks edge edge, edge linemen yeah okay I don't know if you picked good guys or not. I'm not going to pretend I know. Right. But at least you knew. You knew what you needed. You didn't say, oh, we were so close to the Super Bowl. We're good. I guess we'll just get best player available. No, no, no. You dug deep and you figured out what it is you need and you addressed that. That's just another marker of how good the culture is in Buffalo. and the same thing, like I look at a, like I look at, you know, I wrote one of the words down was consistency and the same thing with the coach. Like I look at like 
for the benchmark to me is like a team like Pittsburgh. You know, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. You know, it's just consistent year after year. It's a it's a culture that comes from the top down that says, listen, we know there's gonna be some ups and downs. We know there's gonna be some bad seasons, but we're not we're not throwing it all away for one or two bad seasons. We're in this for the long haul. We wanna build something here, you know? And Generally, like Pittsburgh is one of those teams that's usually in it, you mm-hmm. know, and they're just your team that you never walk into the season going, well, Pittsburgh's got no chance because you know they're so consistent from the front office down that they're going to get put themselves in a position to have a shot. Right. They're very, very consistent year after year. Yeah, last year they it was like a throw was supposed to be like a throwaway season what, for them. Eleven and zero. They run. They, they run early and before they fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Won, won the division. I mean, yeah, they fell apart, but I, it wasn't for you know wasn't for lack of culture. Yeah, exactly. It, it, right. That, that's for sure. Yeah. So so those things are just really important, and you're not going to find that anywhere on a stat sheet. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I. I <laughs> I already said I don't want to talk about anything like outside the football, but I mean, if I'm learning anything from watching all this news and stuff lately, it's like, I don't know what objective truths are anymore. Like you can, you can basically say, you can tell yourself, here's where I want the information to end up. Yeah. Now you write me a formula that gets me there. Right. And we've always talked about that with stats. Oh yeah. Like you want to tell me a 80% team has of stats a good... are completely made up. <laughs> you want to tell me a team has a good passing game? Okay. Here's three or four different stats you can look at. Now, if I tell you, hey, I want you to tell me that that passing game isn't that good. Well, here's well, three other stats that you can look at. If you look at it from these point yeah. of views. So there's there is subjectivity to stats. Yeah. And I'm seeing this more and more now because there's like these things going on in the world where it's just like we should be we should be able to put all the information out there. Don't just give me all the good or all the bad. Just mix it all together and let's like be a little pragmatic about it right. and understand that like something can be good w- and have a couple a couple warts and stuff, right? Yeah, right? I'm starting to think the only stat you can trust in football is the final score. And even that is sometimes, you know, like, yeah, they won, but they shouldn't have. You know? Yeah, because they <laughs> garbage score. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so there are, I'm not an anti-stat person. There are a couple stats that I, I use, and I, I really like them because I think they're good barometers of how a team is offensively or defensively. Sure. Do you have certain efficiencies? Can you make plays when you need to? So there's things I look at, but I'm not fooled. I think the big problem with people driven by analytics is they they look at people like us who are a little more qualitative, a little more, let, you know, let's talk it out. Let's, you know, let me trust what my eyes are telling me. And they're like, oh, that's old cowboy shit. You're not doing anything objective. It's all opinion. And they think for some reason, because if they can come up with a number for it, yeah. it it's it's defined science. It's clear. There's no arguing this. Remember the, the old show on the Worldwide Leader, Numbers Numbers Never, never lie. lie or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they always lie. Bull, no, yeah. numbers never lie, but the motherfucker writing them can, can <laughs> lie all yeah. they want and tell you which numbers mean what. 
So that's it. Clean ratings out the window. We're done. <laughs> We're done. So you know, I I don't know. I, I go through this every year where I almost want to convince myself to just be purely stat driven, but a I don't think that's any fun. Right. And B I'm not playing Moneyball here. I'm starting to think it's less and less effective because you just got to go with what, you got to go with what works for you and what you know. And, yeah. and these are the things that, that to me uh, are what I know. It's how I want to do it, and I'll deal with the consequences when they cost me money. I, but I think you know, even even just saying that, you and I are kind of ahead of the game, just looking at it from that perspective. You know, just being willing to take to understand that, yeah, there's some stats out there that you can make them look any way you want, but some are good, some are bad. Take it for what it is. Use your eye test. Use your instincts. We talked about that a lot last year. Um, starting to actually kind of trust a little bit more of a, at least for me, when I, you know, um, when there's a game I like to not not be uh, chased off it so easily because there was some kind of weird stat out there that, that made me nervous. So, but, um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's sort of what I thought because like with so much at stake right now in the world, like with so much out there to seriously contemplate, like so many ways that you can choose poorly and take the wrong path. It's like, am I really scared of picking a loser against the spread? Right. It's like you're going to have losers. Yeah. Like, like the best of the best have losers. Of course. But, but it, you know, it's like I, I think... It's funny because I've been dealing with like all the like trying to work on like anger management and getting myself together, and I'm just like, boy, going into football season is that a way Great to help time this for that, thing? Yeah. But I'm trying to look at it from the point of view as, you know, if I don't put as much meaning into it, like if it doesn't define me, that's your thing. You have to realize that your ability to pick games winners or losers does not define your self-worth yeah it's a big problem of mine it, it is you know you you have a tendency like when you're when you're picking winners you are the great i mean you're you're wearing the cape and flapping around and, around and when you go on a bad streak you're you're just a dumb motherfucker yeah a piece <laughs> of shit piece I, of shit i, I suck i you know i'm an idiot i can't do anything this, the the and, perpetual self-loathing i try to work on it and, yeah. and you know my wife tells me all the time she's like you you gotta you gotta get off this she yeah. goes i can't stand to hear anybody badmouth you and i don't know anyone who badmouths you as much as you do yeah no it's true and it's, it's and very it's like, true yeah. i understand it's a problem and i and i really do try to work on it but i'm hopeful that i've gained enough perspective in in life to see that that's not so important and it doesn't define me as much like one thing and you know sometimes it gives the football if you really let it work it'll give back to you in other ways and what i'm a specific example of that is i kind of came up with this theory last year and i think we made good use of it i was like you know we always get these you know these ultimate decisions these best bets and then all we do is come up with reasons why this is a good bet oh i came up with another reason why this is a good bet and then we i said you know i think from now on every game we want to bet You've got to find a logical and rational reason why the other side is a good side. Right. And it doesn't mean you have to talk yourself out of it. Yeah. You just have to at least explore that in order to have really thought it through. Exactly. Yeah. No, now, I started point. applying that 
to real world issues. Whoa, that's a tough mental exercise. <laughs> I mean, especially when you get into some things that are ideologically driven and things that are going on. I really started to force myself. And in a lot of cases for the first time, like instead of just being like, well, I think this way because everybody who thinks the other way is stupid and they've got it wrong. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't do it that way. Really right. try to make a case like like, you know, pretend you're the lawyer that got, you know, you, yeah. somebody defended OJ, right? Yeah, you like, gotta, you, you gotta play the defense give attorney. Me something, yeah. right? Yeah. And it really helped me. You know, what's interesting is there's certain aspects, certain things that I was thinking about that my perspective changed a little bit. And my mind became a little more open to some things that maybe it was closed off. And I started to consider things some different ways. And then what was interesting, though, is then there were some things that after I did the exercise, I thought about the other side of the table that I'd always disagreed with. It actually made my original opinion stronger. Right, reaffirmed. Because I knew I wasn't just trying to talk myself into it. Right. I knew that I had really thought it through by kind of thinking on the other side. You legitimized your own opinion. Yeah. Not necessarily affirmed it, but you legitimized it. Okay, that's probably a better word. Right. That's probably a better word. But, you know, so I'm out, like, there were times, like, where I was getting like overwhelmed with with really thinking things through, and I, I can I know everybody considers themselves like, oh, I don't really belong to a political party, you know, I I am more independent, and then it's like, yeah, you're like ninety percent this side, and then right, you have yeah. like these ten percent. But like, if I make like a list, I'm so all over the place that often I really don't know. It's like I don't know who would want me. Yeah. Like, if, like if I told these <laughs> these two gangster parties, like one of you can have me. I was like, I don't know who would be interested because I'd be pissing you both off because exactly. I'm not totally all in on it. So sometimes I'm like, man. That's a tough position to be in sometimes because you really have to think things all the way through. Yeah. I think people with politics, a lot of times it's it's like when you go to the blackjack table and you have that little card that tells you how to play every hand. And it's like, so, you know, what do, what do you think about, you know, what's going on right now in the Middle East? And it's like they just consult their little, right. let's see, what's That's, the red square say? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's like. I don't have the luxury of doing that. And sometimes I kind of wish I did because yeah. it would just make things easier. To, well, I you think, know, but... you know, to your point, I think that's, that's, you know, again, not to get off on a tangent here, but I think that's probably um, a, a lot of where all these problems are coming from is not enough people do think things through anymore, you know, and they just, they, they pick a side right, wrong, or indifferent, and like they stick with it because... Well, that's my side. That's the way my side thinks, so your side's wrong. As opposed to going, well, what do I think? You know, and what do they think? And is it somewhere in the middle? And I wonder if we already have that advantage in football because there's probably some people that are like, you know, screw the Steelers. I always bet against the Steelers. And it's like me and you, we'll be like, you know, Steelers is a great example because I'm like, hey. It's a you, fade Tomlin you, week. You got a fade Tomlin <laughs> this week. And then the next week I'll be like, dude, it's Tomlin, all in on Tomlin. It's going to be like Russell Crowe and Gladiator. This is it. We want to be on this Are one. you not amused? Yeah. Yes, yes. Are you not entertained? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You got to be on it this week. So we like jump all over the place. But, you know, it's 
it's it's probably a good gift to have in life and god it's got to be essential if you're betting absolutely it's got to be essential because the great rj bell always says he's like if you can't think of any reason to bet the other side then you're missing Missing something something. yeah and and that that really i think it was hearing him say that 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 was like that you had a light bulb moment, mo- moment last yeah year. and then yeah. i it just started to roll with that more and more you know and it helped a lot in football and then when i was really starting to think through some issues and you know during some some time downtime it was like yeah. oh i should apply that theory here it, and then it was like oh man i opened up i opened up a dangerous it, it was like when you finally said you're like listen i'm looking at these these games and like i see value here in this game, there's two points of value, but now I got to turn around and ask myself, but are they wrong? You know, it did they miss something or did I miss something? You mm-hmm. know, and that and that's that's you know I know we talked about that sort of right, a lot, a lot right. towards the end of the year. It's like you said, every game going forward. Now, if I see that kind of value, then I have to turn back and really not just jump on it because I see value, but I have to look at it like legitimately and say. But, but am I wrong? Are they wrong? Did somebody make a mistake somewhere? Mm-hmm. Or do I actually legitimately, with my own, you know, uh, study, have some value there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's that's so. exactly it, man. Well, what else you got? <laughs> I mean, that was. Uh, <laughs> That's a that's an excellent start. I didn't know if you wanted to to look at anything like coach specific. Here's you know, what I'll tell to go through. I, I, I had can, a couple more notes, but you know. Well, let's talk about. Here's what I'll tell you where I'm at. I I've started with my magazine here. I am almost finished with the AFC. Okay. So I haven't touched the NFC at all. I can wing anything if there's any like particular storylines or whatever you got in your notes. I I think we're gonna do more of these this preseason. Yeah. Than yeah. one or two of these. So like we don't need to pack everything in. But anything anything you want to go through, you know. Yeah, I didn't really have much prepared on it. I haven't even started looking at my magazine yet. Mine has been but much more. I did a I did a basic. Um, you know, I think I told you last week. I kind of looked at every every projected starting quarterback and coach and kind of started to do like a little analysis, like where are these teams just based on those ratings, you know, where does the team fall kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, just getting back to, you know, the culture thing, you know, like I, we talked about it a lot. One, one of the things that I I think is interesting when you look at coaches, because I've said like me particularly, I've always had, I, I felt like I've had a, a hard time trying to trying to like uh, put a number like to quantify how good or bad a coach. Yeah, is. you've mentioned this before. Um, so you know, I I was trying to think about it when you mentioned culture and culture, and I you know one of the things I want to do this year is I need to put more focus, I think, on uh, the coaching staff in general as opposed to just maybe the head coach. Like I look at. I look at um, uh, like Buffalo's coach uh, McDermott, you know, mm-hmm. and you know I might have knocked a couple, you know, a point, half a point, whatever it was, off a of Buffalo year because I might not have had McDermott ranked quite as high. But then if I look at um, Leslie Frazier Brian. and Dable, you know, and like, Brian Dable, yeah, and look at it as a whole, it goes, 
wow, that's a really, really solid coaching staff. Right. You know, um, Harbaugh has always been up there, but give the nod to, to Martindale. You know, looking at Tampa, I'm, maybe I'm not as high on Arians, but I absolutely love Todd Bowles and I love Byron Lethwich and what they do right. together. You know, so I'm going to start looking a little more as a, as it's not just the head coach when you talk about coaching. It's it's really kind of that that group and and how do they play and interact with each yeah. other and, and the delegation then because yeah. if you trust your offensive coordinator to run the offense and your defensive coordinator to run the defense, you are now freed up to be a manager to, exactly. to captain the ship. Yeah, it's why I always sort of have a knock against these coaches that either want to call their own plays offensively or defensively. It's like, are you really going to be able to do? You're gonna tell me that you're sitting there with with the with the menu in front of your face, you know, calling these plays, and you're paying attention to the other side of the ball. Right. Like we we've got, I think his name is uh, I don't Staley. I want to say the the he was the Rams D coordinator. He's now the head coach of the in, Chargers. Yeah, Bruce Staley. Char- Bruce Staley is I, that right? Yep. So he's gonna call his own plays on defense, and I'm like, you're a brand new coach. And I understand you you were a good defensive coordinator. I'm not saying that you can't call the plays. Right. Like you took Wade Phillips' old job there for the Rams and you did a that defense was better last year. Yeah. But you don't know the first thing about being a head coach in this league. No, is that confirmed? Because I saw they brought in a new defensive coordinator. They brought in they have okay. a DC. Okay. But he's gonna call, he the, is plays. Gonna call the plays. And it's like yeah, so you're going to be calling those defensive plays when the when the offense is on the sideline. You're not going to be thinking about that. Right. You're not going to be talking about what we need to do in the next series. Yeah. Are you watching the clock? As, you know how many timeouts do you have left? Yeah, like, as opposed to lot. like as opposed to like the new the new Jets coach Sala, who is clearly a defensive minded guy, but brought in um, a defense coordinator that he knows very well. Um, uh, what's his name? Ulrich. Yeah, I think, I think that's is. right. Todd Jeff, Ulrich, Jeff Ulbrich, Ulbrich, or Ulrich from uh, over from Atlanta, um, but they know each other really well. Um, yeah. So you know they're gonna have, it, and he's gonna let him kind of run the defense. And I think he's already said that you know he's gonna step back, and you know while he has a hand in it, even this first week of practice, because I've been looking at a lot of the New York Post articles and stuff like that, just seeing how things are going, like. While he's kind of had a little bit of a hand in the defense, walking over and maybe uh, getting a little more involved on that side, he's really kind of stepped back and let the coordinators run things, and he's really taken a, a just a straight head coach approach to it, right. which I appreciate. Yeah, the coordinators are 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 really important. They're there be- for a reason. Yeah, be- because I mean, it's so in a lot of ways. I mean, they can almost have more because, like you said, with Tampa. No matter what you think of Arians, like as long as those guys, Leftwich and Bowles, are doing their job, the team is performing. Right. You know, the the product you're seeing on the field, the execution, that stuff is coming through. And then the coach can sometimes even just be more of a figurehead, right? And, yeah. and I'm not taking anything away from these coaches, but there's a lot to do. There's a lot to keep up with, yeah. and I don't want to see them distracted by this stuff. So not only having good coordinators who call the plays allows you, frees you up, and it also has the benefit that you have really good people 
running your offense and running your defense. And I think a lot of people think that's all the head coach. Yeah. And, and it's really not. It's like any if you're any manager for any business, they tell you what you're supposed to be doing as manager isn't grinding your ass off doing all the work. Right. It's delegating and getting other people to take care of you. To grind their ass off and do all the work. You're freed up to catch anything you need to catch because that the lack of distraction is what ultimately allows you to pay attention. Yeah. And you have to pay attention because it's not just so the, much you'll miss. And it's not just the lack of distraction on game day when you're trying to call plays. It's the lack of distraction the other six days of the week. Yep. When all when everything when your whole offense is getting installed for the week and the game plan's going in. And right. You really need to to be able to look at all sides of that. You need to be able to do everything and yeah. you can't be overcommitted to any one area. So no. again, it, it comes down to like I'm not grading my coaches necessarily because, oh, this guy's a great play caller or, or you know, he gives a fantastic rah-rah speech. It's sometimes the culture, too. To talk about Tomlin and the Steelers again, because Tomlin would have these games where the Steelers would, like, fall off when they'd go on the road and they'd play someone in fear, I'm like, oh, Tomlin's not a good coach. And it's like, no, he has a weakness. Like Andy Reid can't manage a clock, right. right? So, so it's it's not like Andy Reid's a bad coach. Sure, so he has just because someone has a weakness, look at everything else with Tomlin, and because he inherits that Pittsburgh culture, all that tradition, all of those things boost him up. But the last thing you're ever going to see Tomlin do is call and plays. Yeah, exactly. But you know, when you see him on the sideline, there is no doubt. Who is in charge? Of course. Who is running the show? Yeah. And that's and I feel like when coaches call plays and they get involved in all that, that stuff kind of goes out the window. Like I don't want to see my head coach with that big play sheet in front of his face. Yeah. It's like you are missing so much of what's going on right now. Yeah. Because you're focused on one play, the next play, and then you're moving on to the next play. There's no way you could possibly be paying attention enough. To make all those details add up. I hear you. Whew. I mean, you know, that's. I, I think that's a, it's a pretty nice intro there. I think we should maybe stop there. Yeah, I think we yeah. stuck with with sort of a topic here. We did. We got. Uh, we got what five weeks to go before for opening. Yeah, week? I mean, you know, we'll go through all our normal preseason stuff, yeah. but I think this was just a, a good, a little bit of a good opener here. It's I a nice like welcome it. back. It's it's yeah. a it's a good it's a good welcome back for sure. All right, so we're gonna do more of these. Um, we'll definitely get into some teams and some divisions, Couple, and yeah, obviously we'll, we'll picks in. We'll talk quarterback about our, crazy. We'll, we'll talk about our super contest entries. We're and, gonna talk about our contest entry this year. We're also gonna talk about Jeff's financial investment into the NFL this year. That's right. We've got we got a lot of good stuff to come. Uh, so keep checking it out throughout the preseason. Anything else for today, Mike? That's it. Thanks for listening and uh, stick with us.